Toledot by Madison Scott Clary. Yared Zarezgi, 2124. The discussion of speciation continues, I see. And you know what? You all begin to convince me of this fact. If you have been following the system feeds, you will have doubtless seen the ways in which the system differs from life physical side, in levels so completely fundamental that they strain the imagination. We, by virtue of the fact that you are even reading this, have all used the net. To greater or lesser extents, we have all felt the ways in which it is different from real life. I, myself, have often found the ways in which tactility differs here from out in the world. There is touch, yes, and there is something akin to the sensation of hot and cold, Thermoception, the dictionary tells me, and it obviously could not function without a fairly accurate simulacrum of proprioception. If you don't know where you end and the rest of the sim begins, it is nigh useless as a shared space. But touch? Touch is subtly different in so many ways. I remarked on this to a friend who was far, far more into the touch side than I am, and he immediately mentioned that he had felt similar. The reason, he explained, is that no matter how hard the implants try, they can only approximate the sensation of touch. Hearing? Fine. We have decoded the phenomenon of sound well enough that we are able to toss that sense in here just fine. Smell? Well, that's a bit more difficult, as I've read that there are some funny quantum aspects to that sensation. In the end, however, it is just a matter of simulating chemical interactions well enough. Touch is so inexact, though. For each person, it is different, and for each location on body, the reaction is different. If you touch me on the shoulder, I might turn around to look at you. If you stick your finger in my ear, please don't, I will likely react much more violently. However, if I stick my finger in my ear, it elicits no such reaction and can even feel pleasant. Those in the system talk of such varied experiences, but when I brought this up over the chat line with some friends I've made over there, I've been asked to withhold their names, They seemed more confused than anything, and had me try in several ways to describe this difference in touch, the way I sometimes fail to sense a touch, or the way I sometimes feel a strong, sudden pressure, for who has not accidentally stubbed a toe, with the same level of intensity as brushing my fingers over a surface. They said that there is no such issue up there. The dreaming brain is far more capable of coming up with the sensation of touch than the limited version we find in our implants. An example. One of these friends is a furry, which means that her form, what we might think of as an avatar, comes with all the accoutrement that that entails. In short, she has fur, whiskers, and a tail. Those may come with some expanded sensation via implants, but in there, in the dream, her body knows how they work. She can wag her tail, if that's a thing her species does, I don't know the specifics, can feel the ways in which the teeth of a comb move through her fur, can lick her chops, and has even told me that she enjoys having her ears petted. None of these, she told me, were things that she had found possible via the net. This is a complete and total, fundamental difference between us, fizz side, and those who live cis side. And what a small one, too. Consider the larger ones. Forking. Those who upload can create copies of themselves, complete and total copies that live and experience completely separate lives. Not only that, but when a fork wants, if a fork wants, it can merge back with the original copy or persona, or whatever you want to call it, and that persona has the memories of both copies. This beggars the imagination. We simply have no way to actually understand this, bound as we are by those pesky laws of physics. Reputation Markets 
Well, I say we're bound by the laws of physics, but on a subtler level, they are as well. The system only has so much capacity, though it is growing every few months, so in order to limit this potentially boundless expansion, there needs to be some factor which places limits on them, whether it's strictly for keeping bad actors at bay or simply to conserve space for new arrivals. But of what use is money to them? They don't need to eat. They don't need to pay for travel. There is nothing for them to buy except this capacity to create, which means there is no money changing hands. Instead, they have decided on a currency of reputation. The more you do and interact and contribute, whether it is from being on the Council of Eight or simply having a really good conversation with a friend, you accrue reputation, and it is through this mechanism that one pays for expansion. Create more, interact more, gain the ability to create more, the ability to interact more. Creative Potential this is what happens when you combine the first point with the second. Say you are a mathematician. It can be frustrating to work on a complex problem one step at a time, and managing a team comes with its own problems. What if you had more brain power to throw at the problem, and that brain power had exactly the same knowledge going into it? Obviously, there are plenty more situations that require collaboration with other unique individuals, but this alone makes it worthwhile. Already, there have been great contributions to the fields of math, theoretical physics, literature, and sociology and psychology. Hell, some of these are already being used to earn money, which is being put to use in the day-to-day -day demands of the system. For them, though, this is the basis of an economy that cherishes such pursuits. Already, we are seeing more individuals in those fields uploading than any other. When I think about all of these facts, I have to admit I think that you may be right on the question of speciation. It is not just that we cannot interbreed with them, for that is a question of biology and one party lacks that aspect. It is not just that they are not of human stock, for that is demonstrably not the case, but it does come down to a complete and fundamental change in the very fabric of being. The term post-human has been thrown around plenty, of course. It mostly fits, too, but I would argue that it implies some remnant of humanity other than that which those within the system have. The creation of new, unique post-humans springs to mind. They're something more. They're something different. They're exo-humans, perhaps. Post-biological. The language fails. They are uploads, and we are not. I stand by my firm argument against so many tired and played ones that I have seen before. They are beings. A new species, perhaps, but we afford rights to beings. We afford rights to individuals. That they can fork presents new problems, but what has ever stood between humanity and a solution but staunch conservatism? Vote for the granting of rights. Vote yes on referendum 10B30188. Yared Zarezki, NEAC. As soon as he received the confirmation that his post was visible on the DDR forums, Yared backed out from his rig and headed for the door, stretching a crick out of his spine as he went. This had become routine. The action of posting a particularly frustrating essay to the forums had often been followed by going out for coffee, but now, as soon as he posted, he knew that Counselor Demo would arrive for a debriefing. This had turned into coffee together every two days. Yarrett would always go to the shop at the end of his street and wait for Demma's tireless driver to show up, buy three coffees and three pieces of himbasha, and lead him to the car. Sometimes they drove out past the edge of the city, to the fields of low-moisture corn and beans. Sometimes they drove into the city center by government house and circled the perimeter. 
Or, as today, they simply sat in Demma's car, sipping on coffees and nibbling sweet bread while they talked. Mr. Zarezki, the well-dressed driver said, enough acknowledgement for the day. The owner of the coffee shop had already made their order as soon as Yarad showed his face, so they collected their tray of drinks and food and walked through the late morning heat to the black car that stood idly by. As always, it took Yarad a moment to acclimatize to the blast of conditioned air that greeted him when he slipped into the car, so Yosef Demis sipped his coffee and waited until Yarad could speak once more. Mr. Zarezki, a pleasure to see you as always. How are you? Have you had a good day? Yes, Counselor, Yarad said, sipping at his coffee to stave off the chill of the air. I trust you have as well? Quite good, quite good. The formalities, those were also wrote by now. We have read your post. It is quite the well-written essay. Yarad nodded. Thank you, sir. The counselor leaned back against his seat, switching his coffee for a slice of the himbasha. You know, originally, my constituents and I were nervous about the idea of letting you craft your own posts. Many thought it was unwise to let you choose your own words, thinking it best that we write your arguments for you and have you simply post them. I disagreed, as I think that something of your style would be lost in the process. You rely on a lot of imagery and word choices that are good at swaying readers, and I think that isn't necessarily a thing my speechwriters would be able to accomplish. You have recently changed their minds. I'm happy to hear that. I like to think I'm a good writer. You are, you are, Demma nodded, but it is always good to see that working to your advantage, to our advantage. Yarad suppressed a smile. We are also pleased to see the way in which you incorporated our suggestion. I'm glad to hear. I was worried, I'll admit. It's not that I don't agree with the speciation argument, I just had originally worried that it was distracting from the topic at hand. Of course, Yarad. You have your own reasons to argue for individual rights, and we do want to respect those. You must understand, however, that we have the benefit of a team of analysts on our side, and they have determined that, from the direct democracy angle, this is the most efficient way forward, specifically for the secession movement. Leaning back into his seat and holding his empty coffee cup in his hands to leech the last bit of warmth from it, of course, and as I mentioned, I'm not necessarily against the arguments you suggested. The note had come late the night before, delivered via courier, along with an apology that he had been given so little time to work it into his next post. Begin to agree with speciation, it had read, and a tang of distaste tickled at his senses. Not quickly, just hint that you're being swayed. Say that you're starting to be convinced, but that this only strengthens your arguments. Demma reached out a hand for Yared's cup, as he always did, and crumpled it together with his own to dispose in a wastebasket hidden in the back of one of the seats of the car. Mr. Zarezki, he said, bowing slightly in his seat, thank you once more. I won't take up any more of your time. You should have your next suggestion within the next day or two. Yarid returned the bow, and, as if that was the command he was waiting for, the driver opened the door to let him out into the growing heat of the day. He swayed once more at the shock of the temperature difference. Yarid, the driver said, nodding, then slid back into the driver's seat of the car. Once he could walk again without stumbling, he made his way back to his room and out of the sun. It was air-conditioned, yes, but the unit in the wall had seen better days, much better days. A sudden wave of exhaustion crashed over him, but all the same he settled back into the chair before his rig and delved in once more. 
A message was already waiting for him at his desk, so in Sim, he sat down before it, smiling inwardly at the oddly duplicated action. This one was from Jonas Prime. Yarid, beautifully done. Ping me when you're back around. He swiped a keyboard into view and instructed his desk to do just that. Welcome back. How goes? Well enough. Hot as ever. Thanks, by the way. Think the post will help? Inwardly, he fretted, worrying that his counterparts in the system had picked up on the slow change in direction from the last posts. The next message came from, The only time I know my true name is when I dream. Probably. I am pleased that you enjoyed my description of brushing and petting. I felt it got the point across quite nicely. That it did. We've been tracking the speciation argument as far as we can see, and, and it's an interesting idea. I go back and forth on it. Sometimes it feels like a distinction without a difference, and sometimes fizzside ideas just leave me completely baffled. I forgot how strange the system sounded when I was outside of it. Yes, it is a good talking point, but also a line you should walk carefully. I worry that it will lead the discussion back to the subhuman arguments that pop up here and there. His heart dropped, so they had picked up on the change. I'm worried about that as well. Still, when I've argued on the forums in the past, I've found that building a strong argument and then slipping in a little bit of empathy for the other side nudges them to do the same. A lie, but hopefully a helpful one. I had not thought of that, but I was never big into the DDR. Calling it both direct democracy and a representative made it sound disingenuous. I mean, it makes sense. If they start feeling our empathy in the equation, maybe they'll start feeling empathy towards us. That's the hope. Some of these people, though. Numbskulls. Dipshits. Both accurate. Just do not generate too much empathy in them. I do not want them latching onto anything to use against you, against us, in the end. Of course. I'll keep monitoring the forums and chatter. It looks like some of the governments are waking up to it. Whoopee. I'll have you know she just rolled her eyes at me. Jerk. Still, I think it'll help. That means it's going to be taken into consideration and not just turn into a DDR-only referendum. If we get them discussing it, then we have a smaller target to influence. DDR votes carry less weight when the government weighs in. They read the forums just as much as any DDR junkie, though, so the arguments can sometimes carry more weight. As much as it pains me to admit, you have a point. When you get a chance, you and I can go into it in more depth, Yared. Have some thoughts? I was a politician, Fizzside, so yeah. What? You are kidding. I'll have you know she just punched me in the shoulder. And I will do it again. Fucking gross. I'll have you know that she did indeed do it again. Yared laughed. He was pleased to see them in good spirits. Don't beat him up too bad, True Name. He probably does have some good info, even if it is a few years old. <sighs> I guess... Toledot, Book 2 of the Post-Self Cycle, by Madison Scott Clary, read by the author. Toledot is licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution Non-Commercial License. Music by Chad Crouch, released under a Creative Commons 3.0 Attribution Non-Commercial License. 
Toledot is available as a paperback and ebook. You can find more at toledot.post-self.ink. That's T-O-L-E-D-O-T dot post-self.ink. If you would like to support more of my writing, you can find me at Patreon at patreon.com slash makyo. That's M-A-K-Y-O. Thank you for listening. <laughs>